This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Well, good afternoon. And what a crazy start that was. Of course, you just heard on the news at 3 o'clock that a funnel cloud advisory has been issued for Calgary and area. And then suddenly we had a massive power bump here at the radio station. So thankfully, we've got some fast acting engineers that were able to get us back on the air. And hopefully we'll be able to bring you the rest of the afternoon. But, you know, it's the way the summer has been. If it's not a severe thunderstorm watch, warning, funnel cloud advisory, and also reports also that you heard in the news that uh, a few people were injured in a lightning strike near the airport this afternoon. So we are trying to get confirmation on all of that. In the meantime, I'm Angela Cocott, and thanks so much for hanging out with us this afternoon. The news was brought to you by History. Forged in Fire returns an all-new season premieres Tuesday, August 23rd on History. I want to get to my guest as quickly as possible because uh, Dr. Jackie Smith, uh, she's the Director of Community Education and Research at Alberta Adolescent Recovery Centre, or ARC. She has been sitting very patiently. Hello, Dr. Smith. Hello, Angela. At least we didn't lose you in all the power bumps, so I'm glad you're still there. Jackie, we wanted to bring you on uh, to talk as I think we should do now and then when it comes to addictions and drugs and especially what ARC does. But it came as the result of a story yesterday in the news about this drug bust in Vancouver, and it involved carfentanil. I I don't know how much you know about carfentanil. Do you know anything about it, Jackie? Well, actually, I have the article in front of me. What I do know, actually, Angela, I think this is um, a new a new drug um, to Alberta, a very, very alarming one at that. What I do know is that fentanyl alone, and this is, um, it is a form of fentanyl, which is um, uh, opioid, opioid drug. What I do know is that they're saying it's 100 times more potent than fentanyl. And last year alone, we lost over 270 people in Alberta to fentanyl. So this is very, very alarming. And what I can read in the article is that um, the, what they found it, um, had the potential for very fatal overdoses. So this is something that uh, we all as a community, and especially as families and parents, which is really my, my area of expertise, we have to take notice and we have to start talking about this because it's a problem that's not going away. Well, when I talked with uh, an officer yesterday, they said that they hadn't had any reports yet in the Calgary area of of the drug making its way to Calgary, but you know how it works, oh. and you've been in the business long enough that it wasn't that long ago that we hadn't heard of fentanyl, and then suddenly every story we had was the high number of fentanyl overdoses, and that's something I know that we've really been tackling over the na- last number of years. What have you seen at ARC when we focus on just fentanyl, fentanyl addictions, and sadly, in a lot of cases, fentanyl overdoses. Okay, well, what I can tell you, Angela, is the last year we went to three funerals of youth um, familiar to our community who died of fentanyl overdoses. So we are actually treating um, adolescents. So we treat between the ages of 12 and 21. We are treating fentanyl addiction. And... And as much as we're talking about fentanyl addiction, there's there's really poly drug use out in our community. And I, I think we can focus on this because this is very alarming and actually being described as a public health crisis. But I think in general, as parents, 
we need to be educated about what is out there because, like you said, fentanyl came in and it's still there. And while we don't even have a handle on fentanyl, now we're dealing with car, uh, car fentanyl, which is a hundred times more potent than um, than fentanyl. So uh, I'm I'm a strong believer in one awareness, two education, and three prevention. Well, you know, that's why um, I like to have the conversation with ARC every now and then, because I I know we have parents listening who then can have the conversation. Ideally, maybe a teenager is in the room or in the car. It's always that opportunity just to say, hey, have you heard about this? Do you know anything about this? The parties you're going to and everything else. So so I agree with you as well. Awareness is such an important thing. But but can you back up a bit? Uh, fentanyl, you even say polydrug, as in you're saying there's a lot more drugs out there oh than God. just fentanyl that we have to be concerned about. Absolutely, absolutely. And we, we can go to the marijuana discussion. What I do know is that we are treating more marijuana-dependent youth across North America than any other illicit drug combined. That could be a whole conversation in itself. Oh, yes. We've had so, many conversations oh, yes. on this. So, I mean, that, um, we're, seeing, um, we're seeing heroin, we're seeing cocaine, crack, we're seeing prescription drug abuse, a huge rise in prescription drug abuse, and always. In fact, we did a snapshot of our clients currently in treatment last year. Of course, the number one is always um, alcohol, but the second drug that we're treating here is uh, is marijuana, and then it goes down. And we definitely had a rise um, in fentanyl as well. But there, as one goes, Angela, there's always another one um, that follows it up. And then we had a resurgence of crystal meth last year as well, too. So I think the reality is, again, is that we have to, as parents, we have to be educated. And I want to tell you that, and this was... This is, I think, a really important message for parents. They surveyed parents across Canada, and 31% parents said that they felt that they had very little influence on their child's drug use. And of those 31%, 28% said that they never told their kids that they would be very upset if their child even tried any drugs. Now, on the other hand, they also surveyed youth across Canada, and 69% of kids, youth, said that the number one reason for not trying drugs was not to disappoint their parents. So I think that is a very, very loud message to parents. As much as we think, and especially in adolescence, we think that our parents aren't, or our, our youth aren't listening to us. Well, they are. They're listening and they're watching. They are, well, watching is right. probably very, the bigger thing. Very, very good point. And one thing I want to say is that what we're seeing is a lot of our kids coming into treatment um, have also underlying mental health disorders, and we call that comorbidity. And we're finding that a lot of youth today are self-medicating, so they're actually taking drugs just to feel better, and and they're addressing, you know, the vulnerabilities such as one, the underlying um, undiagnosed or even diagnosed mental health disorder. You know, if the kids are struggling in school with their with um, with learning disabilities, it's the the problem is is that our, our youth are going through. Of course, they're still going through that brain development, but the number one area of development is emotional. Mm. So our kids are very emotionally, and they're they are they're thrill seeking and they're sensation seeking, and you know what? That frontal part of the brain, which is the executive functioning, it's not fully developed. So they're not stopping. They're not stopping to plan. They're not thinking. They're just wanting to feel better, and 
And you brought up a good point about us as parents modeling. So we, we have to be able to model healthy ways to cope with stress. So if our kids are seeing us take a, a glass of wine and in the same conversation that we're talking about what a stressful day we had, um, don't get me wrong, I'm not a prohibitionist, mm-hmm. but teaching our kids that, that that's not the only way we can deal with stress. Like teaching them, oh, you had a bad day, so what was that like? And, and just opening up the conversation and, and helping to introduce your children about other forms of stress management. Jackie, so, hold on here. You've started a good conversation here, and I'm almost okay. nervous to put you on hold in case okay. something happens with the electricity. Okay. But no I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to take a break here because okay. I want to delve more into that is okay. what we can do as parents and the conversation we can have. Dr. Jackie Smith is Director of Community Education Research at the Alberta Adolescent Recovery Center, or ARC. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Back after this. I'm having a conversation with Dr. Jackie Smith with ARC, and it's in light of the fact that yesterday police in Vancouver seized, I think it was one kilo of carfentanil that was in Vancouver. I think it was labeled um, printer parts or something like that, and then they've got a Calgary man charged with this. And so it's the first time we've talked about carfentanil, but I thought we'd explore the bigger conversation about really what drives people to try things in the first place. Mm-hmm. And and I know, so Jackie, we're, we're focusing more on adolescents because I know I'm receiving a number of texts from people who are also saying their addictions can come from being prescribed painkillers as oh, adults. Yeah. They can Absolutely. they can be prescribed a Percocet or a, any of the Oxycontins and then before they know it, they can't deal with their pain and they're stuck on this painkiller. So uh, that's that's sort of a separate conversation, but I want you to go more into the whole idea of kids and their, as their brain is developing, they are still these emotional little beings that are thrill seekers. Absolutely. And, and so is that why they're willing to take that chance of trying a drug, even though they don't know what's in it, there might be a grain of salt of carfentanil in it, but they, they still want to take that, that risk to get that thrill? That's so, that's so true, because what we're hearing, and, and we just know that young people, you know, have this um, invincibility. They, and again, it's that executive functioning it's not fully developed, so they're not they're not weighing the risk to to the benefit. So, and um, I want to tell you that the, the Canadian Drug Use and Health Survey. There was a Canadian uh, Drug Use and Health Survey, and they, they do this every two years in Canada, and they're surveying uh, kids between the grades of seven and twelve. What they heard is that 25% of teens feel a lot of pressure want to try drugs. of teens between the ages of 11 and 15 wish they knew better how to say no when someone offers them drugs. And 47% of 16 to 19-year-olds say that they were offered drug at a party. So I think, Angela, again... This is, these are really important stats that we need to know as parents so that we can open up the conversation. Like these kids are feeling pressure. They don't know how to, to answer the, the question when someone's offering them drugs. You know, it, it's almost like going back to the days when we, you remember the role playing? 
that we used to be taught. I mean, why can't we do that with our kids now? Why can't we just have conversations, stay connected, um, stay connected with our kids? You know, when we're driving them, uh, you know, to the events, are we listening to the conversations in the back seat? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are we giving our kids, this is an important one, are we giving them an out? To avoid dangerous situations. Are we saying that, use me? I remember the day when I said, you know what? Use me. Just say, mom and dad won't let me go to the party. Or, or um, you know, teach your kids to go into the bathroom to use their cell phone and to call you if they're in a situation that it's uncomfortable. What about, what do you say to a parent who's looking for advice on what they should tell their teen so that they have the right words to use when they are offer drugs? Well, uh, again, I, I think it, it's very, it's on a very individual basis, but if, uh, I mean, if uh, a kid can be empowered to say that I know enough, enough about drugs and, and it can get us into trouble, I, I, I don't want to do that. Um, I've, I've chosen not to do it. I, my parents, I, you know, I'd be in big trouble. Uh, it's really, um, that that's a difficult question. Yeah, and I right. Because I, I and I know because I some of those responses I'm thinking of the bully in the group going, oh yeah, come on. You know, I mean, I'd like to think that you you give your kid the words just to say no, don't want to try it. Thanks, no thanks. I, I mean, keep it as simple as possible because then you're just entering into a conversation that your kid doesn't have the right tools to battle. So true, Angela. And um, and I feel for. I mean, my. My youngest now is 19, but boy, during those um, years, it was difficult. And and you you do the best that you can to equip your kids with all the tools to be able to face those pressures. And and I I think as much as, um, you know, we want to be a support system to our kids and, and to be there, I think what's really, really important, too, that we have to remember that we can't be our kids' best friend. Mm. And some parents want to do that. They want to be popular. And, and sometimes what our, our kids need is they need a parent who's going to help guide their behavior. In fact, um, in that survey that I was telling you about what the kids were saying, um, the youth explained that their parents played a key role in moderating the influences of alcohol and drugs by setting very clear standards and limits regarding their behaviors. Mm. So it's being able to... Um, being able to have very clear guidelines that drinking and drug use is unacceptable. Jackie, go back to that one about the parents and the discipline, or there, there was one result of that survey. You said how parents responded if they found out their child was using drugs. What was that one? Well, um, parents across Canada were surveyed 31% that they didn't think they had an influence. 28% said they never, they never actually talked to the kids and told them that they would be upset. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so sometimes our silence I see. It, is, it, is detrimental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really detrimental. It's almost permission. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, I think another thing as well, that we need to stop the denial about teen substance abuse because it's happening. And, you know, just as a perfect example to um, Angela, like fentanyl, the stats came out last year that two-thirds of Calgary's fentanyl overdoses were happening in suburban communities. So we need to get our head out of the sand and realizing that this is happening in our kids' schools, it's happening on our kids' sports teams, it is there. Mm-hmm. And we need to take some responsibility as parents 
to, again, open up that communication, give them an out, do some role play. Like you say, it's as simple as being able to say no. Yeah. No. And... Um, Jackie, you know what? I'm, I'm running out of time, and I'm glad you started the conversation because I want to throw it over to our listeners and hear from parents and what they've done or what they haven't done, and uh, we will do that after the news. But, Jackie, thanks so much for your time. Can I just say one thing, you bet. Um, Angela? Please, I, I would love for the parents to go to our website, www.aarc. Dot .ab.ca. Lots of resources on there about um, supporting kids through all of these difficult times right now with drug and alcohol abuse. Right. That's great information. Jackie, thanks again. My pleasure, Angela. All right. And it is arcaarc.ab.ca. Dr. Jackie Smith is a director of community education and research at the Alberta Adolescent Recovery Center. Can I hear from you? 974-TALK, 974-8255. And that'll be after the news as well. You can text me, 770-770. I didn't want to get into the conversation about marijuana. I didn't think uh, Jackie probably hasn't listened long enough or to me to know that I don't think what we're doing right now with marijuana is stopping kids from experimenting. So I, as much as I'm getting lots of texts on the whole marijuana conversation. I'd rather get some advice from parents that you can share with other parents about how you've had the conversation around drugs, or are you just silent and hope, you know what, they'll figure it out on their own. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. We're back after this. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at three on News Talk 770 Calgary. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.